Good evening, everybody, and welcome to Wednesday night Bible class. We are going to be studying together tonight from Colossians chapter 2. I'm glad you're here. Please take a moment now, and if you haven't already done so, go find your Bible. Maybe even find something to write with and write on as we study rather in-depthly from an amazing text this evening. Also, if you've got a wife in the house, a husband in the house, parents in the house, kids in the house, brothers and sisters in the house, neighbors in the house, bring them together, please, now, to your computer, your cell phone, whatever device you're using now. Let's come together with the intent to grow. Grow in knowledge, grow in wisdom. Wisdom is the practical application of knowledge, right? So we want to grow in the way that God expects us to. We want to apply the great principles, the great lessons that we'll be looking at tonight. I mean, I am so actually excited about what we're going to be seeing from God this evening. And I really am thankful that you're able to be a part of this with me, with lots of other folks. In just a minute, before we begin our study, we'll be praying together. We got some special people that need us, that need our love, need our prayers. We'll be mentioning several of these tonight in our talk with God. So if you have people that you would like for our group to know about that maybe we don't already know about, put their names in the comment section so we can be aware of those among us who may have special needs in their lives. Also, let me encourage you to let your Facebook family, let your Facebook friends know about our Wednesday night Bible class. Hit the share button. Maybe they'll come on board and receive a special blessing by their investment of time in our examination of the scriptures. This is free, as you know, but a great value. And I am looking forward to digging into the word of God with you this evening. Okay, glad you're here. Glad you got your Bible. Glad you've already hit the share button. If you don't mind, let us know that you're on board and participating in our study together this evening. If you have questions, comments as we go through the study, uh, put them in the in the comment section. No guarantee at all that I'll see them during the class, but I'll come back and look at this later and try to, to respond at some point to your comments, to your thoughts, to your questions. Again, I'm thankful that you're here. A great class is about to begin. But first, let's pray. Dear Father, thank you so much for allowing us to come together as students of your word. Help us, Father, to dig deeply together tonight in a presage, in a precious section of scripture. Colossians chapter 2. Help us, Father, to be looking for lessons, principles, that'll bless us, that we will apply, and that we will attempt to share with others. Thank you, God, for Facebook, for the technology that permits this online Bible class. Thank you for those that are here. Thank you for those that are sharing this opportunity with others. God, we have many people that we care about that need a special blessing. They need help from you. They need help from us. We know, God, that you will do what you can do, but help us to do what we should do. We ask on behalf of Dewey Willingham, Claude Fristo, Peggy Kirkland, Sherry Grissom, Jacqueline Carter, 
David Walker. We pray for our elders. We pray for our graduates. We pray for our families to be strengthened. We pray for those that are lonely, that they will be comforted. We pray, God, for safe worship this coming Sunday morning, 930. And we pray again now fervently that you'll bless our study of your word. In Jesus, we pray. Amen. All right. Thanks for being here. I've said that already. I just love you guys. I love the opportunity to study with you. I'm so anxious for the time we can once again be in the same room, physically together, interacting as we look at the Word. But this is not the worst possible option, is it? So, got your Bible? Colossians chapter 2, verse 1. Paul writing to the church at Colossae. For I want you to know what a great conflict I have for you and those in Laodicea, and for as many as have not seen my face in the flesh. Paul is, in a sense, lifting a curtain that has been maybe concealing his heart from these people, and maybe by extension even to us. And he is giving them a rather powerful glimpse of, of his passion for them, of his concern for them. In fact, this word you, you saw there, in, I'm using New King James Version. He says, what a great conflict I have for you. That word conflict, fascinating word. It's not like the word conflict we would commonly use. I'm, I'm having a conflict with a neighbor whose dog is getting into my garbage. It's not that kind of, of word. It's actually a word in the original Greek language more similar to our word for agony. Agony. So read it this way. For I want you to know what a great agony I have for you and those in Laodicea. Because he, he can't get to them. Why can't he get to them? Because, remember, he is in jail. He's not a free man. And it, it stirs pain within his heart that he can't come there for two reasons, it seems to me. One, he, he can't come and withstand these false teachers to the face. He can't hush them up man to man, so to speak. He has to do it through letter. He has to do it through emissaries or, or representatives, delegates from him. And, and then also it seems to me that he's in personal agony as we're getting now a glimpse into the wonderful and tender heart of Paul. He is in agony because as he puts it here in verse two, you haven't seen my face in the flesh, that their hearts may be encouraged. He he is regretting the fact that he can't come and cheer these people up. And this word encouraged also is, a, is an interesting word in the original language. You, you hear me continually referencing the original language. That, that's the Greek language. And I love English, don't you? But the English language compared to the Greek language is, is not as colorful. It's not as rich in its depth it's 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 not as as uh, as as flavorable I would say or you know it, it doesn't give us the, the vividness that that the Greek language that's the best way to say it. it doesn't give us the vividness 
uh, of detail that the that the Greek language often provides us. And, and this word here, in, encouraged, is an example of that because he's actually talking not just about cheering them up and and lightening their mood and giving them reason to smile, which is what we ought to all be constantly involved in doing. I mean, we, we need to ask ourselves every day, who did I cheer up today? Who did I encourage today? Who did I bless today? But, but this word, it, it embodies all of that, but, but so much more. The idea is to, it's almost like how it sounds when we say it, encourage, to, to inspire someone to be more courageous, to, to, to inspire someone to be especially brave. Now, get yourself in, into your uh, Colossian sandals for a moment and, and maybe your, your old, old spectacles, getting back to the first century and look at this through, through their eyes. They are, they are in a sense being blasted, not, not yet by persecution, not overt persecution like what Paul's facing, but it's a more sinister, more subtle persecution. It is an attack on their heart. It is an attack on their faith. It is an attack on their belief system. There are some very convincing, stubborn, boisterous folks in that congregation, and they are are trying to hijack the faith and the belief system of these Christians. And so Paul is saying, I'm in agony because I can't be there and support you and embolden you and and shut these these false teachers up. He he wants them to to have the strength to stand uh, like a like a mighty oak against the the storms of of error that it's like like coming on them wave after wave after wave. So this this is a powerful, vivid word. The the word conflict meaning agony. The word encourage means to to provoke to great bravery, to be able to withstand the, the attack that's coming literally on their, on their belief system. So getting back to us in, in 2020, did you, did you do that for somebody today? Did I do that for somebody? Did, did we cheer up some people? Did we embolden some people to, to walk more upright in their relationship with Christ? Are there people that are closer to God today because we've been in their lives today? Are there people that are smiling, uh, that are having greater joy, that are having greater peace because you and I have interacted, that we've made some kind of important connection with them? This matters. This matters. We're, we're thinking now, of course, about not their context, their situation in Colossae. We're thinking about us. Month of May, 2020, People should be graduating tonight. People should be able to 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 be here and 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 have a in in face in pew in classroom Bible study. People should all be back at work. We should be going where we want to go, doing what we want to do. And and yet, a lot of people still can't. A lot of people are lonely and and in in isolation and that is not as unhealthy as COVID-19 but it's close I would say for some folks uh, the few things are as unhealthy to the mind the body and the spirit the attitude than isolation so we we want to make it our business to to be helping those who are in some types of emotional uh, spiritual physical distress because of COVID 19. 
So he wants to get over there. He wants to get out of prison and be with them. And then I love this phrase. Talk about richness of the language Paul is using here. Being knit together in love. You got to love a phrase that describes love as something that, that binds us together, that knits us together. We sing the song, bind us together in, in love, right? And, and, and without love, we're really without the church, aren't we? I mean, if there's no love, there's no church. It's just, um, it's just an accumulation of people who have some common interest. But our common interest in Christ should be love. What, what did Jesus say earlier? He said, by this, talking about love, shall all men know that you're my disciples if you have love for one another. And love is, is something that sustains us. Lots of things may change. <laughs> the, the, the weather may change. Our financial situation may change. Our relationship with various people may change. People die. People hurt us. There, there are sometimes you know, bad, bad things happen out there. Our, our economic situation, our, our spiritual situation, our, our levels of maturity, you know, there are a lot of things that change constantly, but the one thing that should be always unchanging in our relationships with each other, in our relationships with the Father, is our love, a love that is demonstrable. It, it is uh, observable. It is something keenly demonstrated by us on, on a daily basis. One of the things that you remember impress the Jews in and around the tomb of Lazarus was the love that Christ had for those sisters, the love that, that Christ had for his departed friend. Remember, even those who were not sold on Jesus as being son of God or anything extra special, they, they made the remark, behold how he loved him. And, and again, we're asking ourselves, who, who has been cheered, encouraged, and blessed by our interaction with him today? And by the way, the day's not over yet. We can still be involved in that important ministry. But we also want, want to be asking ourselves, who has seen our love for the brethren today? Who has observed our love for God today? It, it can't be a, a hidden thing. Remember, hiding under a bushel. No, I'm going to let this light, I'm going to let this love shine to all those in my circle of influence. So we're knit together in love. And by the way, one of the things that so impresses me about Paul's talk about love is because I know what the, these hands that are now writing about love, I know what these hands have previously done. And so do you. The same hands that, that talk about love in such lofty phrases, he's almost a poet when he speaks of love, but the same, the same hand that speaks so glowingly of, of human compassion and affection and concern. Those same hands previously were, were grabbing men and women, putting them in prison, being responsible for their persecution. But the same hands that wrote so eloquently and, and so uh, not just eloquently, but, but in such elevated ways about the subject of love, those same hands were guilty earlier of holding the coats of those who were stoning Stephen to death. It just it is remarkable, not, not just so much about Paul, but about God and his ability to work with people and, and transform a Paul, a Jeff, a you, a us into more loving folks. 
And so we don't want to give up on ourselves. We don't want to give up on other folks. Oh, they're not all that loving and kind. Well, that's today's person. Maybe tomorrow they'll, they'll grow like you and I need to be growing. And like the Apostle Paul has grown. Let's be knit together. I'm one of my favorite words, together in love. And that's why probably this pandemic, this social distancing is so tough on somebody like me. And I'm out and about pretty good bit anyway, even now, but it's still just a challenge for me because the connections that I want to have with, with everybody, that, that's a struggle together. A great, great word. I'm so anxious. I'm glad we can be together online, but there's something better coming sooner rather than later, I pray. Attaining to all riches, he says, of the full assurance of, and here's a great word, understanding, similar word now coming, to the knowledge of the mystery of God, both of the Father and of Christ. That word understanding, like I mentioned earlier in, in, the, in the prayer or about the time of the prayer, this, this understanding is, is a word that means wisdom that is practical. Wisdom that is something that, that'll, that'll help us to be people of accomplishment. Actually equipping us with the opportunity and the ability to, to get some things done that literally do honor God, that literally do bless other people. There are a lot of smart folks. But if that smartness isn't put into action, it really didn't do a whole lot of good, did it? Well, he's talking about something here also. It says a mystery of God, both of the Father and of Christ. Notice three, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Now, remember to whom he is addressing this. He's addressing this to the folks, the Christians in Colossae. And remember what they're dealing with. We talked a lot about this in last Wednesday's class about this Gnostics, these practitioners of Gnosticism. And, and one of the big things about the Gnostics was their fascination with what they would call maybe hidden wisdom, hidden treasures of the, of the intellect. And, and they believed they only had access to these to these nuggets of, of truth and, and enlightenment. And it wasn't for the common folks. It wasn't for anybody not in their club. And, and so that's probably one of the reasons Paul's emphasizing the, this mystery, the, this wisdom, this information that, that comes to us from God, from, from Christ is now available to all. The, the Gnostics, maybe you know people like this, the Gnostics, they, they, they felt like they were, they were the chosen ones, that they were the blessed ones, and they were superior. That's why you see a lot in this letter about be humble. Don't be in such love with yourself that you're looking down on others, and you got yourself so elevated that you know, it's just uh, you're, you're miserable to be around. So the, these folks are being taught here that that you don't need to bow down to the Gnostics. You don't need to feel inferior to these people because what you know is real. It is practical and it is a mystery. It is a secret, but it is now a revealed mystery. It is an uncovered secret and it's all about God. It's all about what, what Christ came here to do. Okay, that has all been revealed. Who doesn't know now in the city of Colossae about Jesus and what he came to do and what he did do and his present work in preparing heaven. If they wanted to know it, they could know it. It's not hidden anymore. Same today, basically. If, if we want to know the truth, 
We that have access to the Bible, we have access to the truth, don't we? Okay. In whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge, verse 4. Now this I say, lest anyone should deceive you with persuasive words. Uh, I made a note in my margin here, big problem today. You, you agree with that, I'm sure, that there are lots of folks who are being deceived by people who are pretty persuasive. I mean, these, these folks are these, these, these persuaders of things that are not true. They're, they're often so, so polished in their presentation. They're, they're polished in their ability to, to manipulate the minds of other people that they can make, um, false things look and sound like true things. They can make the truth appear to be a lie. They can make um, true heavenly pleasures appear to be not so pleasurable. And they can make things of the world that are temporarily pleasurable appear to be permanently pleasurable. I mean, they're, they're charlatans, they're, they're con men. They're con women, and, and oftentimes, as you as you have observed, their their motive is their belly. Their their motive is their pocketbook. Their their motive is to ingratiate themselves to people who will uh, separate themselves from their money to bless these folks, to to adhere to these folks. And and one of the things that these polished uh, con men have learned early on is that we all have a tendency to buy what we think is the less expensive product. And so they, they preach a, a gospel that's really not a gospel at all. It's a, it's a, it's a social perversion of the God. It's a, it's a prosperity gospel, a prosperity theology that says, Hey, not if you follow Christ, but if you follow my way of following Christ, you're going to be blessed. You're not going to get cancer. You're not going to go bankrupt. You're, you're not going to have enemies. I mean, you're going to, you're going to have the most glorious of lives here. And, and they, 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 they prop themselves up as the, the authority and, and, and their dictates and their policies and their philosophies over the, the word of God. And so that, that ha that's happening today. Uh, this tendency to buy a cheaper product, uh, you know, we want the, we want what, what sparkles, what, what glitters, not, not what is real value. I mean, we want, I want to say we have editorial, I'm talking about our, a lot of our neighbors, right? We, we want the carnival. We want the show. We want to be told how great we are. I, I, I remember reading this illustration several years ago about somebody was riding through some old country part of, of our, uh, you know, just a backwards kind of looking place and, and, uh, these old dirt road area, kind of like the area I was raised up in and saw a lot of targets drawn on, on trees and old barns and things. And in the middle of these targets, there was a, a hole, like a, like a bullet hole, like this person who was shooting at these targets was hitting them dead center every time. And this uh, guy traveling around there eventually pulls up some old dilapidated service station ask about the, these targets and the amazing mark marksman who's hitting the center of them every time and he said oh no that that guy he's uh he's, he's just fooling you what he's doing is he's shooting a hole into the tree or the barn or whatever and then he's drawing a target around the hole 
and and that's what that's what's happening in, in the religious world. I mean, it, it it's a uh, it, it's fake. It's it, it's not real. It, it it's a counterfeit thing. Uh, it, it looks good. It, it feels good on, on some level, but it is empty. It, it is not. It is not satisfactory, and it's kind of like the idea of you know, I'm going to do this and I want you to tell me how good I am. I want you to tell me that I did hit the target. I did accomplish the goal. Our target is this. Our, our goal to achieve is to live a life in, in step with the, the life of Jesus, the, the, the words of Jesus, the, the will of Jesus for us. Anything else is off target, okay? And we don't want to redraw. We don't want to to, to, to uh, expand the strike zone so that everything we throw up there will be, you know, called a strike. Sometimes they're a ball. Sometimes, sometimes we're not accurate in, in the living of the Word of God, and, and we need to have people in our lives that'll kind of, you know, find the way to, to provoke us to, to love and good works, as, as Hebrews 10, 23 and following directs. I mean, we... we if, if, if all of our friends applaud everything we do, we need new friends. We, we need people that, that can, be, can, can love us enough to, to help steer us in the direction that, that Paul is trying to steer his friends that he has yet to meet in, in the town of Colossae here. He wants them to get away from the, the, pervasive, the pervasive words, the, the deceitful things being done. And, and, and then he says this in verse 5, For though I am absent in the flesh, yet I am with you in spirit, rejoicing to see your, notice these two phrases here, your good order and the steadfastness of your faith in Christ Jesus. That, that phrase, good order, and that word steadfastness, those are, those are military Word in the original Greek again. Those are those are military words. He's causing them. He's, he's calling them to be regimented, to be to be disciplined, to to not be just kind of out there blowing in the wind and 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 just kind of caught up in every every spiritual fad that comes along. And he ends this verse five here. You see this phrase of your faith in Christ. Just notice how many times as we go through our study tonight. How many times you see the phrase in him, meaning in, in Jesus, or literally the word in Christ? I mean, that's where we have our strength. That's where we have our, our truth. That's where we have our, our reality and our greater wisdom and our greater understanding of, of the life that we've been called to embrace. Verse 6, as you therefore have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk, notice, in him. In other words, if we're in him, we can't be in them. We, we can't be bogged down or chasing after the, these various traditions of, of men that, again, are pretty flowery and, and attractive in their own way. Notice, notice this verse, verse 7 there. Uh, rooted and built up in him, that's our phrase again, and established in the faith as you have been taught, abounding in it with thanksgiving. So we're to walk in him. And then after that, again, verse seven, you see these three phrases. Phrase A, rooted and. Phrase B will say, built up in him. And then phrase C, established in the faith. We've got rooted, built up, established. What, what do those three words or phrases have in common? I mean, stability. 
Like, like we're, we're anchored here. Again, we're not, we're not just, just running after this or running after that, uh, just chasing our own tails, that, that, that we're, we're sticking with the faith that we've been taught by, by voices of inspiration, by, by true sources of, 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 of eternal wisdom, wisdom that comes from the Father. Uh, as you've been taught, and, and I love this phrase, abounding in it. Uh, I mean, this is something that is is all consuming for us. It's not we're not just playing with it. We're 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 all in. One of the things can I, may I share with you? Wow, so good to see so many of you here tonight. I really appreciate your presence. One of the things can be frustrating with us as Christians is to observe those who, who see Christianity or their relationship with God, in relationship with the Lord's church is kind of just like a, a play thing. I, I can take it, I can leave it. This isn't a, a major investment of mine. Yeah, maybe you've heard the illustration, this, this, uh, this pig and this chicken are walking down the road and they're together and they're pretty hungry and they, they see a sign that says something like uh, bacon and eggs, $2. And the, the chicken's all excited. Hey, that sounds like a uh, like a great deal and some great food. And the, the, the pig is is not impressed with the, the sign or the possibility of bacon and eggs or ham and eggs for breakfast for two bucks. And the chicken's confused. Why aren't you excited about this? And the pig says, well, for you, it's just kind of a, a token commitment. But, but for you, it would require my everything. Well, Christianity it can't be like a token commitment. If 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 the weather's good, if, if I got no other options as to what I can do, if I'm not busy with other things, I'm not distracted, if all in my galaxy is perfect, then I will worship, then I'll be a, a true follower of Christ. But we need to get to the to the level where where we're we're just in this. We're in, remember, in him, we're with him. We're, we're not fickle about it. We're, we're, not, we're not playing around with Christ. I mean, this is the most significant commitment. This is the most significant connection we have in life here and certainly then in the hereafter. By the way, he, he ends this verse 2 through 7. That's a prayer, isn't it? I mean, it reads just like a prayer, his prayer for them. And, and he, he ends this prayer with the word thanksgiving. That, that is a key a key tenet of our belief system, of our Christianity, of our relationship with Christ, our relationship with each other. I, I want to be a very appreciative person. I, I, I pursue that and I fail. I fail to be as grateful as I ought to be, but it, it, I don't know that it's for lack of trying. And I hope also that you're joining me in, in that pursuit of, of when, when folks do things for us, even if we feel like they're being compensated for doing this for us, the, 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 the waitress, the, the whoever is out there doing something to make life better for us, let, let's express our gratitude always. I, I mean, people need to be appreciated. Don't you love it when you're actually appreciated? Don't you just, I mean, you try not to be bothered, but aren't you bothered when you, when you feel like you, you went to some trouble for somebody and, they didn't seem to notice or, or value your gesture very much. Think about God. I mean, all that he does for us, and think about yourself as a parent. God is our heavenly parent, and all the blessings he's given us. Think about how 
we, we want our children to value what we do for them. We want them to, to be grateful. God, same with us. Paul talking to these folks in Colossae about this. Be appreciative. Be thankful for the blessings you have. It is so easy to get caught up these days in, in, in bemoaning the, the, the fact that we don't have certain things and we can get caught up in that and and it can it can affect our mood it can affect our behavior in gratitude where we're focusing on what we don't have and and kind of pouting about that rather than focusing on what we do have and being thankful listen we are and you know this we're blessed we're blessed we, we we've got more access to freedom we got more access to food to good clothes good jobs good people the grace of god we we got it we i don't know i know that none of us have every day all that we'd like to have and probably that's a blessing and there's some song about how we're to thank god for unanswered prayer what what's that saying if you if you give a son if you give a boy and a pig a lot of pig illustrations tonight. If you give a boy and a pig everything they want, you got a good pig and a bad boy. And there, there's a lot of truth in that. And you as a parent, you know better what your children need than your children need, than, than your children know. And God is our heavenly parent. He certainly knows better than we know what we need. And he supplies it. Isn't that what Paul told the church at, at Philippi at the, at the end of that great letter? My, my God shall supply all your need according to his riches in Christ Jesus. Not all your wants, but everything we want. Life's a disaster. Think about how spoiled rotten we'd all be. All right, you still with me? How are we doing on time? Okay, let's let's go for about let's go for about five or ten more minutes, okay? And then we'll pick up with this text next week. Because beginning in verse eight, now he's gonna start talking about, he's gonna get right down to cases, as we say, concerning these false teachers. And he really gets on pretty good. And he, he almost goes point by point at what they're saying that, that, that ought to be rejected. Verse eight, he says, beware, beware strong word, be on guard. What do, we, what do you think of when you see the word beware? Dogs, right, beware of dogs. All right, so beware of these the, these uh, spiritual dogs, the, these people that are trying to rob our spirit, they're trying to destroy our relationship with Christ. Beware, lest anyone cheat you through, notice philosophy, they're, they're playing mind games and empty deceit. I mean, they're, they're, they're magicians with words. Empty deceit, according to the, what are they getting back to? According to the tradition of men, according to the basic principle of the world, and not according to Christ. By the way, this phrase, cheat you, in the original again, not to keep bringing that up too much, and I don't want you to be bored with the original language, with the, the, the preciseness of it, but here he, he's using a word that, that conjures up a picture of, of somebody that has been taken away by a slave dealer. And, and we're in bondage to them. And that's what he's saying to these Colossian folks. Don't allow these people to put you in a hostage situation, to, to, to be masters over you by their, by their eloquence, by their, philosoph uh, their, their philosophies, which sound pretty attractive, but at the end of the day, they're, they're pretty useless to you. And he, he wants them to, to get back to what they have received from Christ. And that, that is the exact opposite of these various traditions of men. Hey, some traditions are good. 
right? I mean, you, you and your family, you got a tradition of praying together. But that's a tradition that has basis in, in this book, which, which encourages us to be praying without ceasing. And, and so a tradition in and of itself is not an evil, but a tradition of men that is not, not uh, built on a, 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 a Bible foundation, that, that can be problematic. And one of the things, you know, you're on Facebook a lot, some of you are on Instagram, Twitter, other things, and, and, and even those of you who are not frequent participants in this forum, you, you encounter people who, who they have a real strong belief system or a practice of certain things religiously that are, are, are based not at all on a thus saith the Lord or a book chapter verse of, of our Bibles. They're, they're, they're based on, on feelings and, and opinions and uh, various traditions that have been passed on from, from, from uh, denominational uh, sources or from uh, for some impressive preacher or, or just, you know, some, some inner feeling that has been developed over time. Listen, you know this, but it does bear repeating a lie that is spoken enough times, it, it no longer sounds like a lie. It begins to sound like the truth. Uh, you know, just a, a trivial example. What was the fruit that Adam and Eve ate in the garden? You ask your neighbor and, and 10 out of nine of them, and yeah, I mean it that way, 10 out of nine of your neighbors gonna say an apple. And we know the Bible doesn't say what the fruit was, but your neighbors don't know that. Why? Because they've heard the lie repeated. Now, is that a lie that's going to cost anybody their eternal salvation? Certainly not. But what about lies about how we should worship? What about lies about uh, what we need to do to have our sins washed away? I mean, then then the, the seriousness of the lie is, is elevated dramatically. Right, and so we want to, we want all these teachings and, and traditions of men that that sound good, that are inexpensive, that don't cost us very much, that are attractive. We, we need to ask our, our our friends that are espousing those those errors. Do, do you have a verse? Do, I was talking to somebody not all that long ago, and they they were just so convinced of a specific theology, and I I compliment hey, that sounds good. Kind of like how that sounds. Did Jesus say that? Did one of his apostles teach that? Is, is, is that taught in the Bible? I mean, where, show me that so I can embrace that with you. And that's what we got to at the end of the day, as the cliche, cliche says, but also at the beginning of the day, in the middle of the day, we got to be asking, where is the scripture for that? Where, In other words, where is the authority for that? Do you see where, where Paul is trying to get them to Christ? The last word of verse 8. They're, they're teaching these basic principles of the world, not of God, not of Christ, and not according to Christ. We've got to get back to Christ. By the way, this, this phrase, basic principles of the world, in, in the original again, it, it has at least a hint of astrology there, talking about the, the basic elements in the, in the heavens, meaning like, like stars, for example. And, and in their culture, in Colossae, and to some extent, even in our culture now, where we're so enlightened and sophisticated, how many people are, are consulting the stars before they make decisions? And this, again, was especially rampant back in the, in the first century. Some, some people even would call astrology the queen of the sciences. 
Now, that's rather ridiculous, isn't it? And, and folks could be described back then as being slaves to the stars. And they just would not make a big time decision without first trying to figure out what the stars were aligning in and what, what the stars were recommending. Uh, they, they do crazy talk. You ever read your horoscope? No, we don't do that. All right, let me wrap up by going down to verse verse 10 with, with us. For in him, that's our favorite phrase of the night, talking about in Christ, dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Remember, there are folks back, back in their day, these Gnostics, they believed that Jesus, because the body is evil, according to their thoughts about it, that Jesus could not have come in physical bodily form. And so when he walked on the, on the sand, he left no footprints. The, the sun uh, caused no shadow on the other side of his body. And, and so he's pointing out Christ was here in the fullness of the Godhead bodily. And then 10, and you are complete where in him. So the idea if you're complete in him, you don't need any of these other faults philosophies, traditions of men to help you to be more complete. When we got Christ, I mean, that's all we need. That's that's who we need. Nothing more, nothing less, and nothing else. Nobody more, nobody less, and nobody else. Who is the head of all principality and power. In other words, Jesus is all we need. Thank you for being a part of this, I know at times, somewhat in-depth, but not over anybody's head. Hey, if I can get it, anybody can get it. Thank you for participating in this, this study. Let's, uh, let's try to cover you up again and, and study next Wednesday evening, 6.30. I'll be so thankful we can get back in-house together and study. And I'm thankful that Sunday's coming, 9.30. If, uh, if you can come and be healthy and, and practice social distancing, then, then come and worship with us. Um, this coming Sunday morning, 9.30, in-house worship. But if you got some age issues going on and you know who you are and, and or if you have some compromised immune system challenges and you know maybe who you are, isn't it probably best that you stay home and continue to participate online? And, and, and this is getting better. The curve is flattening, just not as quick as it needs to. And maybe this isn't as contagious as some are saying. Maybe it isn't as deadly as some are saying, but it has been contagious and it has been deadly to some folks. And we just want everybody to stay safe. But I am thankful that things are opening back up and let, let's start wading into this water deeper and deeper day by day. Always, though, praying for wisdom, being cautious, but also not being dominated by our fears, but, but living by faith, God's going to take care of us, but he expects us to use good judgment. That's one of the ways he takes care of us is giving us a good mind and, and giving us good people of, of wisdom to listen to that, that can help us to stay safe physically and also stay safe spiritually. So thanks for being a part of this safe online study with me and with lots of other good people this evening. I uh, really, really great. I'm scrolling through now a little bit and seeing some of the names of people that are here. Uh, I really, I really value you guys. And uh, Pam Lins now. Pam, are you on deck and about to have your ladies class? You can go to Pam Lins Facebook page and you can figure out how you can participate in her, in her study. And I hear really good things about that class. Appreciate you, Pam, for helping us out with that. Good night, everybody. May God bless you. Looking forward to seeing you Sunday morning, 930.
here online or here in our church building. Thank you. Thanks for hitting the share button also. And uh, nine o'clock tonight, let's, let's, let's come back together on my Facebook page and have a time of prayer. Thank you. God bless you.